Hello and welcome back to Last Guys Off the Bench, the podcast where you get expert NBA analysis from expert lifetime bench warmers. My name is Josh King, and as always, I am here with the two best glue guys in the business, Darcy Fraley and Juan Aranda. What's up, guys? What up, Josh? What up, Elmer? What up? uh, What are you, Darcy? Whoa, I don't remember. I don't remember. Oak. Wood, what up, Birch. wood? Birch, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, let's just get into this. Um, on today's pod, we're breaking down the recently revealed NBA All-Star teams, and we've got some intriguing storylines that we want to follow surrounding the Jazz, the Rockets, uh, the Wizards, and the other teams they're vying with in the East right now. Sixers time, legend. The Knicks, Thad Young, uh, an hour-long session on Vucevic. Quigley. Ooch. <laughs> we are recording today's pod on uh, Tuesday, February 23rd. So let's get to it. Let's and go. let's, of course, to start with the All-Star teams. Um, Darcy, Juan, what are your impressions with the All-Star teams that we've seen now released we've got all the starters that are out there for us we've got all the reserves that are out there for us um do you have any hot all-star takes Pearson Ilyasova isn't on this list and I have a serious problem with that break it down Marco Bellinelli missing <laughs> what's going on he's on the Italian league All-Star team. That's why. Yeah, <laughs> maybe <I'm-> maybe is <laughs> so no Urson, no Marco Bellinelli no Jeremy Grant no TJ McConnell no Doug McDermott no. none of our none of our faves McConnell I- low-key man low-key well he's like top 10 in assists this year I bet you the red the Pistons reddit page is just Oh my god, they're probably freaking oh, out. I bet they're floored. They are so while floored. we're talking, I'll pull up some stuff from the Pistons Reddit. The disrespect. That's what all the posts are gonna be about. And they're gonna post his numbers, but not the record. Never the record, just the numbers. Never the record. <laughs> Honestly, the Pistons, before we get into the all-star stop it. Stuff stop it. Much, don't no, don't no, you no, no. dare <laughs> go down this path and say that you know they're fun to watch. They are not fun to watch. No, I'm saying that they're awful. Give me a okay. chance. All right, they're, all right, good. they're so disgraceful to, to see <laughs> on the court. And I don't care if Jeremy Grant is trying to show off a bit. I just I hate watching them. They're just as dysfunctional as we thought they would be heading into the season. And we were right. That's all. We were right. Despite Jeremy Grant, we were right. Dude, yeah, Jeremy Grant, I still just don't think he's that good. I, I, I don't know what else to say. Like, he, he, he's proven he can't be the third best option on a championship team. So what is he, the fourth or fifth? I, I just, I don't know. That team's atrocious. Yeah, it's bad. It's so bad. <laughs> free, free Wayne Ellington. That's like that's the real crime right there. Get him out of there. Yeah, get him. To, <laughs> really? <laughs> I guess. I mean, that's all I gotta say. <laughs> oh man. Right, let's actually get into this All Star stuff. Um, Mason for the All Star starters, starters in the East, we've got Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Bradley Beal, Joel Embiid, Kyrie Irving. For the West, we've got LeBron James, Stephen Curry, Luka Doncic, Nikola Jokic, and Kawhi Leonard. How are we feeling? I'm fine with all of that. Um, I think the only controversy with the starters was whether it should have been Luca or Dame. I mean, I think you can make an argument for both. Maybe it should have been Dame, but I mean, it's not like Luca's not, you know, an all-star starter type of player. They're both really important. Like, I guess in terms of like what I'm thinking of, 
like in terms of value, like they're both super important to their teams. Um, so yeah, so I'm okay either way. I'm really high on on Dame this year and what he's done for for the Trailblazers team because does it every year, man. But even this year, it's like it seems more impactful this year because they're riddled with injuries again. He's mm-hmm. playing without Nurkic. He's playing without John or not John Collins, McCollum. Zach Collins. He's playing without CJ McCollum now as well. He's This team has never been more undermanned, even though they always are undermanned. And somehow Dame is still propelling them to a fifth place spot in the West with 18 wins and 12 losses. Mm-hmm. They've, they, they've won seven out of 10 games in their last 10 games. And it's been, it's just been wild. I think, I think Dame is in, Dame is not going to win the MVP, but Dame should certainly get like, he get should a couple be second votes. or third place in the yeah. running, I think, when so, it's all like, said and done. The the year they made the Western Conference Finals, he did this same thing. CJ was out for like eight weeks. Yep. Uh, I forget what the injury was, but I feel like CJ is always out for a couple weeks every year. Um, yep. And I, I, I love him. And, of course, Nurkic is out of his own issues. Um, and Zach Collins, we haven't seen him in like three years. Um, <laughs> so, like, dude, I, I feel like Dame does this every year, man. He's just like – he looks awesome. He plays great. He keeps that team afloat. Um, and what I love about this team, when CJ comes back, when Nurkic comes back, like this team just gets that much deeper. They get that much better. And those guys who weren't, who weren't playing when CJ and Nurk were there as much, you know, they're getting 15, 20 minutes. Now they're getting 30, 35 minutes. Anthony Simons, you know, Carmelo, Anthony, Derek um, Jones, Jr. Derek Jones, Gary, Gary, Trent. Gary, Gary Trent. I mean, Gary Trent always reps, had his man. minutes, but he's had more reps as like, He's the number as, two scorer. As, when as he's like on the an court. actual scorer and role in the, yeah. 100%. Yeah. I mean, I guess in a lot of ways, Carmelo is this, their number two option. But yeah, I, uh, I think it's going to make them that much better when they get to playoff time. Like they're that much deeper, they're that much ready, more ready. I have given up completely on ever seeing this team at full strength. We're going on like <laughs> three or four years of like, oh, once everyone's healthy. Yeah. But the it one time they were healthy, they made it to the Western <laughs> Conference Finals. Like, <laughs> well, and they weren't even healthy until the end of the year. Um, yeah, exactly. Like the, I, I, this team, sky's the limit, man. I, I really do think if they're healthy, like you said, Juan, if that's a big if. Um, but if they're healthy, they probably need one or two other guys. Um, you know, I like the Covington edition as much as I don't like Covington personally. Um, we like Derek Jones. They need something else, but I mean, Dame is an X factor. I definitely so, yeah, agree. I mean, Dame Dame easily could have been a starter for the for the Western Conference, but it's not like Luca isn't also there. Yeah, um, not very controversial. Even Talk though about... I would have loved to see Dame instead. <laughs> mm-hmm. Talk about a guy carrying a team, right? What Luca? I mean, yeah, it's that the team besides for him and Porzingis, and Porzingis was out for Porzingis is well, and also <laughs> Porzingis has fallen off a cliff, and maybe he wasn't even ever on that cliff since he's been with Dallas, but he's he's not looked that great this year and i mean he should be an easy 25 and 10 guy and right now he's averaging like 20 and 7 and not that that's bad but for a player that has the caliber of porzingis he should be crushing it and he's really struggled yeah i mean he's coming off a major injury you know and with a quick turnaround i think um relatively you know for for how serious i think that injury was and he they, they don't really run in my opinion, they don't put him in positions to like use his strength to his best capabilities, posting him up, um, letting him like face up from 18 feet away. Instead, it's kind of like pick and pop. Um, 
I don't, I don't know. I, I, I think it's more availability, less, less capability. And um, yeah, you know, I think I agree with Darcy. I think um, if you look at, yeah, it is almost all pick and pop. It feels like, it feels like that's all he does now. I mean, he's really good at it, but I think they're not, you know, using him in the best way. I think maybe that'll come with time because they haven't really played that that long together. And he's had flashes. So he has had games where he looks really good. So I, I think you're just hoping that once he's like, maybe he's not at 100% still, once he gets into full shape, they'll get it together. Or but they haven't. Do you, remember, do you remember that run that Porzingis had in 2018 with the Knicks? Yeah. He, yeah, like, before he got hurt. Yeah. When he kind of like broke out and he was, yeah, that he, for the first, I think like three months of the season, it was unreal. But he does look like a completely different player. But that's I, I really do think that's more about the offense they run because he's looked like that ever since he got to Dallas. Um, like anytime I've seen him on the floor with Luca, they everything's about Luca. Not saying it shouldn't be, but it hurt, it's going to hurt them in the playoffs. You know, yeah. it's when you can zone in on one player uh, as good as he is. Like even even now, he has a hard time like kind of lifting that team to just get a, a win. Yeah. Um, they really need to start like transitioning their offense as much as they can to a shared responsibility there, you know, playing off Porzingis and having Luca move around without the ball. Um, even if it just is another look for defenses to get, to get used to. So what we're yeah, saying is Kristaps should, is not a snub and definitely should not have been on the all-star team. <laughs> definitely not. Yeah, yeah, definitely not. <laughs> not, not even close. He only played like 10 games, right? If that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not even close. All right, well, how about how about the uh, all-star reserves? When you guys when you guys look across that reserves list, what what pops out to you? Any players you want to shout out? Any players that you think are major snubs from 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 that reserve spot? I get that Julius Randle has been playing really well. Maybe it's just like a Knicks bias for the past you know twenty years of evidence, but like. <laughs> I feel like he does not belong. Like he just sticks out like a sore thumb. No way. He's been crushing it this year. He's I know. Been crushing it's amazing. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I know that he's been playing really well, but I just see a Nick on there and I'm like, something's wrong here. You know, <laughs> I just, I don't I even that's know. That's not Carmelo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, dude, I, I get what you're saying, but like I'd have him above Simmons, above Vooch, above Levine. Um, who else is from the East? There, uh, probably those three players. Like before, I take Randall yeah. off. No, he's yeah, having that that's good what of I'm year. saying. Like he's playing amazing. It's it's not him, you know. It just it looks wrong, right? It looks like it shouldn't be there. That's <laughs> yeah. all I'm saying. No, I thought it was, Randall. I thought it was interesting um, that Ben Simmons made the team and not Tobias Harris. Not that I disagree. I totally agree. I think Ben Simmons, just because of his defense, um, is worthy of a spot here. Um, over Tobias Harris, but I, fe- I felt like Harris had the buzz going on um, early on those first like fifteen to twenty games. So thought he would make it, but no, I think that would have been a really big stretch. Um, you're right; it was more of an early on thing. What about Sabonis? Right? I thought that he would have gotten one of those mm-hmm. slots. He's like completely tailed off um, since we. I mean, yeah, he's. <laughs> yeah, he's just been he's just been different over the past month. Um, Without since Oladipo left. That team has completely yeah. shifted. Like they've changed yeah. so much. I mean, Brog Brogdon has been way off course from where he was to start the season. Same with Sabonis, and mm-hmm. even even their their deep set of role players um, just haven't been able to step up in quite the same way. 
uh, they haven't been able to be quite as impactful without that full system intact. So, I mean, Sabonis, he, he obviously passes the eye test, but I think he's actually, you know, we always talk about players that, that kind of like fade away on the, on the court and you don't realize that they are there. Um, that's Jeremy Grant. That was Jeremy Grant last year in the playoffs. He just kind of like faded away when he was playing for Denver. And like, I forgot that Jeremy Grant was on the court for most of the time. Sabonis is the opposite where like, I always watch Sabonis. My eyes are always on him. But then when I go to like translate that, like what I saw into the box score at the end of the game, mm-hmm. I realized that he didn't really have a good game, even though I thought he was playing really well. And he's kind well, of has that like opposite tilt. And it's, it's really weird. It's really he's, weird. A, he's in the right spots. That's like, I'm sure the advanced stats like really lean high. Like, I, I don't know, but I would assume that they like go, go his way most of the time because he's yeah. always like, he's always touching the ball. He's always making the hockey assist. He makes the right play constantly. Um, if he's not getting the rebound, he's tipping it out to somebody, tipping out the Miles Turner. He's boxing one guy out really hard so somebody else can get the rebound. Like, uh, I think he does a lot of those little things that probably show up in advanced stats. Yeah. I think um, there wasn't enough of a sample size. I think if he had played longer, um, more games, Jimmy Butler might have taken away one of those final spots. But mm. I just think he didn't play enough this year to really yeah. garner one of the reserve spots. Same with same with Bam as well. I mean, I think yeah, that's true. If, if Bam if Bam had a full tilt season, um, without if and if Miami in general, if they didn't have those COVID stoppages, if they they didn't miss so many games and have so many guys out, I think the the all-star front in the East could be like looking quite different. I mean, Bam's played 30 games. So, well, I mean, I know Bam, I know Bam has played, but, but like the team around him has just been demolished. And and that's fair. I was going to say Bam suffers from the depleted team, right? Like he's a really good player, but he just couldn't shine. And I think, I think if Butler was there, Bam would have looked a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, and they maybe... they both looked great since Butler's been back. I mean, last yeah. week they both triple doubled in the same game, which happens pretty rarely in the league. Um, like they both been kind of shining, and and yeah, it would have been cool. It would have been would have been cool to see that to start more of the season, and hopefully we'll get more of it to come. I love that Trey Young didn't make it, or did oh, he yeah. make it? No. Yes, oh, yeah, I don't no. see him right. Yeah, oh, yeah, snaps to that. <laughs> yeah, like that makes me really happy because um, I just can't stand watching him play. I just. <laughs> he's just like such a fucking ball hog he's like it's so frustrating um again like the stats look great and the highlights look great but if you're like watching them play it's um demoralizing i could only imagine being on their team (laughs) have you you seen have you seen what teams are doing against atlanta now um so not every team has done this but like every other game um like defenses for the opposing teams just key in on trey they double him and they trap him as soon as he crosses the, the the half court line, and like he it forces him to get the ball out of his hands. And he's been racking up assists. He's had like 15, 16 assists in a ton of games recently because he hasn't been able to move anywhere and he's had to throw the ball out. Yeah. But it's really been disruptive to Atlanta's offense. And I mean, Trey is Atlanta's offense, so it's just been disruptive to him. And it's been it's been wild. <laughs> I'm surprised more teams haven't figured out this this trapping thing and haven't haven't been deploying it more frequently well and, and hopefully he takes this year and next year he improves upon that ability right so like if a team's trapping you like that you should be you should be getting 15 20 assists a game because like 
what else are you doing? You know, like you should be yeah. getting hockey assists left and right, but their team isn't built that way. They're not set up that way. They're not coached that way. It's completely revolved around him. Um, when I, I mean, it, I get, it goes back like the Luca thing, uh, very different situation, of course, but like they should be going through their other players more like Gallo should have the ball a little more when he's healthy. Um, like, you know, before Bogdanovich got hurt, Bogdanovich needs the ball a little more. Like let these guys touch the ball at them. Let Trey play off of them. Uh, but that's just not his game and they don't, they don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like everyone there outside of Clint Capella, who's just like a rebounding monster um, has gotten worse playing with Trey young, which is pretty, <laughs> it's a bad sign. Like I, I don't like that at all. <laughs> this reminds so, me of like a 2009 Kings team, 2010, like, I can't even think of who was like on that team at that point, but like just like some random or a Timberwolves team like 10 years ago, just like some random person putting <laughs> random, up a lot of a stats, random collection you know? of assets that, that don't fit together. But there's always a guy who's popping off a little bit without I think, success. I think it could, I think the team does fit together if it's not Trey young running the show, if they have, um, I don't know, like if Rondo was actually running point um, and again, healthy um, and Trey was playing two guard. You know, it's yeah. very different, but like letting somebody else control the offense so that Trey, Trey's usage rate isn't whatever it is, 38% or something outrageous, <laughs> I'm sure. Um, and it goes down to 29% or 28%. And, yeah. You know, you start sharing the ball a little bit more because that's not, it's like, that's the last person you want to be playing pickup with is somebody who's not going to pass to you ever. You know, like it just demoralizes you on defense, demoralizes you on offense. Doesn't even mean that you need to shoot. Need, means you need to touch the ball so you like feel feel something with the game you're not just trying to jog up and down the court unless you're my age <laughs> <laughs> yeah in terms of those group those uh teams stuck around that same record like right under 500 they're definitely the team i trust the least oh another speaking of that one uh another snub that i wanted to bring up gordon hayward again i don't know if i'd take anybody off this team so as much of a snub as someone can be in that situation, but I wouldn't have been upset if he was Rise. on his team. Yeah. He's kind uh, of the next man up. He's in that, he's in that next man, like honorable mention spot. Yeah. Like he just another one of those like Sabonis type players. It's just like, I love watching play. He knows where to be. He knows what to do. He makes the right pass. A lot of hockey assists. I would assume the advanced stats are like really heavy in his favor. Um, like if I could start a team, it'd be with him and Sabonis for sure. Well, and when you when you watch the wow. Hornets, that's actually a bold. That's a bold statement, Darcy. I don't, and I don't mean like that. We would be the best team in the. <laughs> I'm not saying we'd be the best team in the league or anything. I just like I love watching those guys play. Like those two, like Curry, like people like that. It's just like make the right basketball play, make it so much more yeah. fun to watch their games. That's why I yeah. watch the Hornets. Why I watch the Pacers. Yeah, it's good times. I um I think, I mean. Gordon Hayward has been so important to this Hornets team. And I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about this a bit more once we kind of ride out this, this little all-star discussion, but I mean, the Gordon Hayward is the reason the Hornets are in contention to make the playoffs in the East because the Hornets are wild. They've got, they've got so many different things happening, not necessarily in a bad way, but like they've got LaMelo out there. They've got so many, they got so many pieces that aren't refined and, and Gordon Hayward is kind of the, he, he's the glue guy. If we're talking about glue guys from last guys off the bench, like Gordon Hayward is the, Dude, yeah. is the guy that settles everything Ultimate in for guy. that team and pulls everything together. And 
it's 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 cool to see that just play out on the court like again it's just the eye test stuff like you said darcy like absolutely he just looks like he looks like he is filling holes and pulling things together even when it's not showing up in a box score you, you can trust him always like he just if i'm on that team if he's out like then i kind of feel like who am i going to to know i, I guess you you'd hope Lamelo could be that right because he is somebody who like tries to make the right play he's just not you know he's two years away from that um from that pressure he doesn't need that right now um it just makes it makes that team so much fun to watch man it's the celtics Juan, missing how, celtics missing yeah Juan, how pissed off do you think Celtics fans are to not have gordon hayward on that team right now i think they i don't know man i think that they were so happy to get rid of him not get rid of him right but like it just didn't work out you know what i mean that yeah. they're just ultra defensive like as a defense mechanism they're like no no we don't we don't miss hayward you know what i mean that would be my theory just like they missed yeah, it didn't the ball work out because it was your fault <laughs> i think they... i think hayward because i was looking at his stats and i didn't realize he was shooting so like the the deep ball and just his field goal percentage overall is like really good for his usage rate i think he just he got overshadowed by Lamelo, right like he's clearly the best te- player on the team but Anytime you see any sort of Charlotte Hornets highlight, like it will never ever include Gordon Hayward. It's Lamelo Ball and Graham, or occasionally Rozier. But you know the guy that's keeping everything together, like you guys said, is Hayward. But I just think with Lamelo Ball there, the excitement surrounding him, there was just no room to praise all the good things Gordon Hayward's doing, and I think that's why he didn't make it. But like you said, it's not that you would immediately take one of these guys off for him anyway. Yeah, he's borderline uh- for sure. I mean, Hayward, Hayward was, he was an all-star, what, back in 2016, 2017 when he broke out with Utah uh, in that season. So I would love to see him become an all-star again. Again, rightfully not this year, but hopefully next year, maybe he can keep, keep rising and keep ascending. And, and the better, the better that the Hornets get, the more the narrative surrounding Hayward's presence on that team is going to like increase as well. You know, like he rises with the Hornets. Yeah, he'll, he'll always be borderline, you know, just like he was on that on those Jazz teams. Like there was a couple of years there he probably could have, probably couldn't have. Um, I don't know what year. What year did you say he made it? 2016, 2017? 2016, 2017, that season. Yeah, um, yeah. before he signed with Boston. Um, yeah. But he'll always be hanging around there. He like always puts up like 50% shooting or like 49, 48%, you know, he just, he 38% the from three, 20 points he a game, six rebounds. Like that's just kind of like his game, so. Well, hey, let's uh, let's move over to the Western Conference. Um, I mean, Darcy and I have some heavy stakes in the East with the Sixers and Wizards, respectively. But, but Juan, you've got most of your stakes in the West, and and as a Western Conference native, uh, what are your thoughts on this Western Conference roster? With the reserves, are there some snubs? Are there some things that stand out to you? Um, let's uh, let's talk about who the biggest snub was and why it was Demar Derozan shall we <laughs> let me let me make the argument break it down right? break it down i i will admit that it's not like he was if he was a, a for sure star uh sorry a for sure all-star he'd be an all-star right so mm-hmm. i'll admit that it was it was going to be a fringe selection you know one of the wild card picks as they call mm-hmm. them but i think that he 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 got hit with the spurs effect right which is like ah the spurs are the spurs they're kind of boring no one like no one watches them but I think if you look at takeaway record, right? But if you look at stats and what they've contributed to the team, I think he did deserve it over someone like Chris Paul. Um, I think that you could say, 
I don't know if he counts as a guard or as a forward because I think that might go into it, right? But I think there's an argument to be made over Anthony Davis um, in terms of who should have made it. I think those two are probably the biggest ones. I'm, I also am curious as to your guys' opinion between Booker and Paul as to who should have made it from the Suns. Because I, I, I like, I'll, I'll admit to that one of them should have been there. But I also think that the Spurs went from you know being horrible at this point in the year last year to being a, a playoff team as of now, right? They're the sixth seed, and they've been right there the whole time. They've been as high as the three, uh, the four seed. So I think he, he did it. And he I forgot what the stat was, but in the last minute of the game in like a clutch situation, he like led the league in points up until this, um, you know, week-long hiatus due to COVID. So he's been good when he's needed to be, and he's had career numbers. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Josh. No, you go, Darcy. Go for it. All right. I like the case. I think you're. I think you're picking on. I don't think Chris Paul should be the one who goes off if you're going to do it. Paul George. I'd say Z- no, no, no. Paul George has been killing Zion? it. That's Zion, incredible. Zion is who <laughs> I'd probably been... say, gotcha. or Anthony Davis. I would say Zion's been playing really great. But but that team say, is whack, man. That's what I was going to say. Like if records and performance matters, then I think you know. I think Zion's just in it because he's Zion. <laughs> but okay, we gotta we gotta give Zion. Zion's been, yeah. So all, all the things Zion's that we've been not talking, the issue. No, You're all right. the things that we've been talking about with the Pelicans and needing right. to run through Zion more and less through Brandon Ingram. We've talked about this for weeks now mm-hmm. on the pod. The Pelicans have slowly been doing that. Like they they've slowly been shifting in that direction. They've slowly been giving Zion some more run on the court and putting the ball in his hands in like a variation of spots on the court to just let him be a monster and the physical beast that he is. So, I mean, I, Zion, Zion, his stats set alone and just like with what you see on the court, I think is worthy of this, of this all-star spot. Like we can't, we can't snub Zion because Stan Van Gundy sucks and Brandon Ingram's annoying. Like we, <laughs> right. Like we can. <laughs> Dude, Brandon Ingram touché, touché. will never make another all-star team. That's one, just, just one. That's just it. I also, so I struggle with Anthony Davis as well because, I mean, at the end of the day, he's Anthony Davis. Like that alone, like all-star, right? You can just easily say all-star. Well, and that's why but, he's in. And that's why he's in. But I do also think he's he has been, if you're talking about DeRozan and being important to elevate to elevate the Spurs, and then if you're talking about Chris Paul probably getting in over Brooker, because like Paul is the one who's elevated the Suns, right? Paul is the reason why this team looks so different. He's and, having the yeah, better what, year too, man. Booker hasn't yeah. been playing that great. I mean, he's he's been playing good, but he's, well, he's having I mean, a down Booker, year in comparison. He's had a down year. He's compared to his other years. Like Booker's yeah. efficiency is the same. He just has less of a role, and the offense is way slower because Chris Paul takes over. So there are less shots yes. for Booker to take, and his stat set just isn't as pumped up. Very so, true. So I think it's rightful that Chris Paul made it over Booker, even though I know the NBA world is like freaking out about Booker not being in there. Um, I like Chris Paul over Booker. But I also think AD is like, he, AD also has that importance factor for his team because we've seen the Lakers since AD has been down and out with the, was it ankle sprain or is it a, it's a combination. It's an, it's a, it's a Achilles thing. It's an ankle. Maybe. I think they're resting. Sure. I think he's a strained Achilles. I think they're resting yeah. for that. But I mean, AD is the anchor of this Lakers team, and especially defensively. If we want to talk about guys like Ben Simmons making the all-star team because of his defense, like 
AD is an incredible defensive anchor for this this Lakers team, and they're struggling without him. And I think that kind of does bolster AD's case because he hasn't really missed that many games. He missed the past week and a half from this injury, but otherwise was on the court for basically all of the games before then. So how many games have they, he's, he's played 23 games. I feel like by, by the time the all-star game happens, he's going to have missed 20 games. He, he's missed a third of their games. Yeah. <laughs> like that's a lot. <laughs> I, yeah. I think he'd be the one I, again, I, it'd be between him and Zion for me. Um, but if you were going to make me choose, I think I'd probably pick Davis to take off for DeRozan. I don't know if I agree with that, but. Fair enough. I, I think uh, I think he deserved it, but you can also say, yeah, okay, there were seven spots and nine guys who deserved it. So well, who was guy. the other one? Oh, Booker. Booker and DeRozan, yeah. Okay. Anybody else you guys think who was snubbed? Some people are saying shy, but I don't think so. <laughs> He's playing well, but I don't think he was an all-star. Yeah. I don't think. Sh- I guess if I somebody mean, from the team, that's like the you know Jeremy Grant making the All Star team to me. Yeah, I think. I yeah, think exactly. The fact that um, the fact that Devin Booker didn't make it, like I think De- Devin Booker is more of an All Star than Shea is right now. Um, Shea, I always say Shy. It's Shea, it's right? Shea. Yeah, Shea Gilgis Alexander. <laughs> also, come on, I'm Juan. saying that. <laughs> Giannis, come on, man. Giannis. <laughs> Shea will be a future all-star. Like, Shea is that Josh good. But, hey, I don't slip up with this stuff. It's bullshit. Not, it's I'm only a good, professional, it's only Darcy. I'm a I'm about professional. To go, I'm about to go back through our old pods. I'm sure I can find one. <laughs> Giannis. Gosh. Classic. Giannis. Classic. Adetagubo. Josh is coming after me. I know. He's keeping score over there. He's got a spreadsheet out. Yeah. I literally only have Giannis on my mind because – I know if you're getting Giannis wrong, I don't need anything else, Darcy. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. All right. Yeah, I, Wait, I can would, we go, go ahead. Go sorry. Ahead. No, go. I was just gonna say I would I would think Darcy is right that the strongest argument would be against AD. Um I think you're right that at the end of the day, his argument is bolstered by how not bad, but how they're not as good without him. But I think we knew that already, right? Like they were a playoff team when it was just, they weren't a playoff team, sorry, when it was just LeBron. Um, but again, an all-star selection isn't, it's not the same as a, a valuable player conversation. It's about what you contributed on the court. And I think missing a third of the season so far is important. And DeRozan has had arguably the best season of his career. And the Spurs are a sixth seed right now after missing the playoffs. I think that matters. Anyway, I think whatever. I think that, I do think that's actually a compelling case. Like I, I respect it. Yeah. I, I think there's definitely, there's definitely, a guy on this Western Conference reserve list, who whether it's Davis or whether it is Chris Paul or whoever you want to pick, there there is someone who could be dropped. Like the Eastern Conference reserve list seems pretty locked in. Like there isn't anyone that I think should be removed, but the Western one does seem a bit more flimsy. And you, Juan, you do make a hell of a case for DeRozan. I'm kind of, I'm kind of in. I'm also <laughs> kind of in. No, you kind of convinced their, me straight up. You've convinced like, me. <laughs> their position, in, and I only because of their position in the West. Not, I mean, and of course, DeRozan's output and his ability to like lift that team. But like the fact that they're 16 and 11, five games over 500, six in the West. Like, it's impressive, the, right? It's impressive, and he's he's leading that team. 
Um, and if Shea, if Shea was doing the same thing, then I, I'd probably put him in above DeRozan, but he's not, of course. Like that team is atrocious. Um, but yeah, I like your case. This is what they were going Sold for. Sold me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Let me let me call Adam real quick. <laughs> well, hey, let's um, let's actually let's wait before we move on. So Davis is probably not going to play, right? He's he's out through the All Star break, is what they're expecting. So Adam Silver is going to put someone in. Who is it? Who do you think is going to be the the replacement? I think it's going to be Booker because the I bet NBA. It's Booker were, too. The no, I got yeah. since we started this pod, I got an ESPN notification saying. LeBron James and the rest of the NBA floored by Devin Booker's snub from the All Star. So if he already has that momentum, like Booker's whatever LeBron be wants, Booker's <laughs> gonna be there. Um, but let's can we move on? Should we move on? Yeah, I just wanted to know who you thought I would be, but you're right, it's gonna be Booker. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna yeah, be Booker. Yeah, that's a shame. Uh, I do have a clean pivot into our next into our next topic because uh, if we're talking about All Stars, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell uh, both made it in the West and they're both, they're both representing the Utah Jazz. Uh, and if the Jazz were having a normal season, I think they would definitely only get one guy on the all-star team, but they've been incredible this year and they've been, they've been the best team in the league. They have 25 wins, six losses. They went, how many games in a row did they win? Uh, 12 or 13. Weren't they like 19 out of 20 or something? Yeah, I don't know what they, the in a row was, but it was 19 out of the last 20. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, 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 they went on a double-digit win streak, and then they had a loss. And I thought that after they had this one loss to end the win streak, they were going to kind of start slumping and slowing down. But they got right back to it, and they just kept on winning. And they're, they're a surprise. They're, they're really a surprise because they're the same team that we saw last year. They literally didn't make many personnel changes at all to differentiate themselves. And yet they've just exploded onto the scene. Uh, I think their biggest, yeah, I I think their biggest change, quote unquote, is that Mike Conley is playing like Mike Conley, right? (laughs) Yeah. Like he looks like Grizzlies Mike Conley. Yeah. He's like involved in the offense a lot more. Like he's just, I don't know if he's just more comfortable. Um, as opposed to, to what he was a year ago or healthy or what, but he looks like himself again. Um, and I think that's like, they added, you know, a borderline all-star to their roster when before where it was like somebody who was probably their seventh best player or sixth best player. Yeah. I mean, Jordan Clarkson also exploded oh, as true. well. Everyone's he's having a career year, man. He's going to be six million of the year. He's going to be six million of the year. If he keeps this up. Yeah. He's, I mean, what, what are his, how many points is he averaging? Like, I mean, usually he averages like 14 or 15, right? But I feel like he's like 20 or 21. Maybe I'm just like, every time I watch him, he's scoring that many. Like he's scoring like 25 or 26, but. I mean, no, this year he's averaging 18 points a game, shooting 45% from the floor, averaging three rebounds, two assists, about a steal. He's, he's, he's kind of been involved everywhere off the He's that microwave, man. Yeah, he's been an efficient scorer. You know who he reminds me of? And uh, Juan, maybe you remember this guy, Ben Gordon. Oh my when god! He was, when he was on the Bulls, <laughs> you, you don't uh, think I remember Ben Gordon? Come on! <laughs> I, hey, hey, whoa! All right, I, and now eventually he went to your. Pistons, I would have guessed you know, it was and, before you like got real into basketball too. To be um, fair, but Ben Gordon, I mean Ben Gordon was amazing at UConn, of course. And then <laughs> <laughs> skip. 
And then, I mean, when he was on the Bulls, he was just like one of those guys who would just get really hot all of a sudden, right? He was come off the bench, and next thing you know, he'd have like 45 points. He'd be like, what the fuck happened? You know, like it's it's kind of crazy. Um, but he reminds me of that. Gets really hot like that. Yeah, he just fell off the face of the earth. He's probably still not even 40. He's 37. <laughs> <laughs> he could easily still be in the league. I forget what happened. Like he signed with the Pistons, him and uh, what was Charlie Villanueva. They signed with mm. the Pistons for no reason. They just like overpaid these guys and then like they disappeared. Classic the Pistons. Classic two years later. This year. Four <laughs> year deal. Two years later, they both were gone and they were paid like, you know, 20 million a year or something. Darcy, how many times have I told you that Detroit is where careers go to die? <laughs> it's where lives go to die, man. Nobody wants to go to that <laughs> crazy ass place. <laughs> yeah, man. He, I guess he, he ended his career half a season in uh, Orlando. <laughs> And that was it. Classic. He was like, I got to get to Disney World. <laughs> he was just chilling. He's like, I just want good weather. <laughs> Anything's possible. <laughs> well, hey, yeah. let's, back, to, back to Clarkson, though. I remember watching Clarkson in the playoffs last year in that incredible uh, Utah versus Denver series when Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell were just going at it back to back to back to back to back every game, every shot. And it was the most exciting. It was one of the most exciting series that I think we saw in the playoffs last year. But one of the least exciting parts of the series was whenever Jordan Clarkson had the ball in his hands because he was he was he was not he was not good and he couldn't. It looked like he it felt shooter like he shoot. never made a shot. He, he was a shooter that couldn't shoot, and and he's just he's been a revelation. He really has. You know who we need to like take a minute just to applaud. We don't need to do anything else than that. Ingles, just take a minute, man. Just think about Joe, think Ingles. About Joe Ingles, man. He's jingling around. That guy's a fucking beast. Hey, yeah. no, he's actually he has actually been pretty important for this Jazz team this season because Mike Conley has missed some time because mm-hmm. of some injuries. Um, Donovan Mitchell also had a concussion for a couple games, and and. I mean, the, the Jazz backcourt has been a little limited at times, even though they've still been playing really well. But one of the reasons they've been able to sustain was because Joe Ingles was able to kind of step in and obviously not replicate a Mike Conley level of production or a Donovan Mitchell level of production, but he's been there and like steadily been helping to, to maintain this team, even in moments of like a bit of strife. So Dude, secondary yeah. playmaker, he's like the ultimate, like, Turkaloo, like you love type that of comparison. Player, man. You love I, that comparison, dude. Big, big guys who can like pass <laughs> and shoot, but are really slow. Turkaloo. I, I appreciate how you take any opportunity you can to get a Turkaloo comparison Turkaloo. in there. Yeah, Turkaloo <laughs> steroids. You know, yeah, yeah. Let's get some Rashard Lewis comps in there. Oh gosh. Oh <laughs> yeah. gosh. Can for we talk about how Derek Favors was like, I need to get my ass back to Utah. he was like i gotta like revive the (laughs) it revived his career again no yeah because he would have been he would have still been with this shitty ass new orleans pelicans team and we have been bitching about him in that new orleans rotation in addition to everybody else and now he's just in dreamland in utah like he's great throw back i just remember him and al jefferson just throwing it down with gordon hayward consistent eight seed in the in the west just like doing their thing for like four years yes paul Millsap. paul Millsap. Yeah. And um and when percentage. Ricky Rubio was on that team as well, um yeah yeah wait he was a little later he was on the Jazz right he was a little, he was later, a little later but, yeah. but Favors was still there Favors was still yeah, there yeah. and I know I remember Favors and Rubio had just this classic like 
sick yeah. pick and roll game. It was it was beautiful. Let's let's get it back to what really matters. All right. Because I think I, I don't know if you agree with this, but I think that sort of the stars have aligned for the Jazz, right? Mike Conley's playing amazing. Jordan Clarkson's playing. Everyone's playing really well right now. So the question is, will it be sustainable, this level of excellence? And two, if it is, or maybe if you think, well, it's not, you know, do they have a chance against the Lakers, assuming, you know, the Lakers are healthy? Well, I mean, the uh, whenever, whenever a team like the Jazz sees success in the regular season, I, I always immediately think of those Budenholzer coached Hawks teams that went like yes. 60, they had like 60, 62 wins. They crushed it year in, year out in the regular season for like three or four straight years and tanked in the playoffs because their, their style of play just could not keep up with, with when the game shifted and things got more intense and, and tougher. Um, so as, as as much as I as much as I want to believe that the Jazz can can make a run in deep into the like Western Conference playoffs, I my initial instinct is just to think, oh, 2016 Atlanta Hawks. Like that's where my mind goes. No, okay. So I got I got a I got a rebuttal. Me too. <laughs> no, oh my God. Okay. And I don't think the Jazz can beat the Lakers. So let me start there. But this team is way better. One way better, way better coached than Boldenhoser teams are. Like they actually make adjustments. Like they, they, <laughs> they, they do. I mean, they like actually change what they're doing and like adjust the things. Uh, Boldenhoser kind of gets like stuck in, you know, he's his regular season stuff moves into the playoffs and he like he's like we're gonna do what we're gonna do and I respect that, but it doesn't work. Um, but that those Hawks teams were tr- like, come on, okay. man. Like Al Horford and Paul Millsap and Jeff Teague. Let's just yeah, they're they're average. They're okay. They're they're borderline okay. all stars. But it's like saying it's like saying Jordan Clarkson really, like yeah. No, no, okay, no, no. I, mean... I guess what I'm saying is like, are you going to put Mitchell <laughs> in the same conversation as Al Horford and Paul Millsap in those years? I feel I feel like Donovan Mitchell is like a borderline superstar. Rudy yeah, Gobert right. is in that same conversation. Who? Yeah. Okay. Wait, so you're we... more top heavy. More to yeah yeah yeah. Can we? I guess that's what I'm about... arguing. Can we talk about Gobert quickly? Because. I, I, I thought Gobert kind of exploded onto the scene, what, like three, four years ago and kind yeah. of ascended into this role as one of the one of the better big men in the league. But then it seemed like teams kind of figured him out and it seemed like his impact wasn't as impactful for the past year and a half for like two years. But now now it's kind of reverted and and he's kind of back to the glory days of when he first ascended into this into this spot and presence within the league and I, i'm curious as to to what's different i feel like his averages are the exact like his like regular season is the exact same it's just that in the playoffs teams were going smaller right i don't I know mean, what his, his numbers have been over consistent. the past couple yeah I, I feel like he's always like 10 to 13 rebounds and you know, 10 yeah, so, to 15 points and yeah. three blocks. Like, I don't think that's changed much. This year, he's an all-star, 14 and 14. Last year was his first Damn, year as an all-star. Yeah, 15 and 14. The year before that, 15 and thir- or sorry, 16 and 13. And then, like, the year that you're saying where it's just like, oh, okay, like, Gobert's legit, it was 13 and 11. So, you know, pretty consistent over the past four years. 
I think you I think Darcy's right. I don't I don't know. He's it's interesting because he's he provides a lot, but you're right. Like it's you can sort of scheme against that. You know, maybe not the rebounding, I, but what he can provide kinda, on the offense. Yeah, I kind of I kind of thought that teams figured Gobert out. That was kind of my impression is that like, oh, teams just know how to combat Gobert a bit and they know how to scheme against a player like him but uh, but I mean apparently apparently not I was wrong because he's he's doing it at an even higher more impactful level this year you think that just has um like more to do with the Warriors aren't the best team in the league so people aren't playing as small and now we have Anthony Davis right like Gobert of course he can't guard Davis but like he can play in that series Jokic he can play in that series um Suns he can play in that series if they run into a team, I don't know. I don't even know what. There's not a team out no. west where he'd run into that he couldn't play. I guess if the Nets made it, didn't they just play? What what happened? I don't, I don't even. I don't know what happened. But they didn't they play recently. They they did. Um, didn't the Nets win? I'm also not 100 percent sure, but I'm looking it up for us right now. Like I'd be curious to know <laughs> if they went small, and and then. If they won because oh. of you know quote unquote because of that, I mean I the, the the Nets blew out the Jazz one thirty to ninety six. Okay, yeah, so the, that game's mute. That doesn't yeah. even matter at that point. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, like if the Sixers make it out and the Jazz play them, like he can play. So there's a lot. I feel like there's a lot more of the best teams have big guys. Yeah, like that really big five, you know. And I, I mean, I guess yeah, you're right, Darcy. That that shift really kind of happened last year when the Lakers won the finals because they were the biggest, most like dominant team inside. Yeah. They, they, no, no, no one could physically match up with the Lakers and that's why they were able to win at the end of the day. And, and yeah, maybe that was kind of a turning point and like a bit of a rebuttal to, to what the Warriors had put together over the five or six mm-hmm. years prior. Maybe the Clippers could give them a hard time, but I'd still play Gobert at the end of games. Like I wouldn't take him out. Like, it, it, are you going to put yeah. Morris at the five? Like, who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, it probably pulls Gobert out, but it's probably still worth having him on there. Um, I mean, yeah. At that point, the Jazz, if if Gobert, hell, don't pull Gobert out. Just let Morris shoot the ball. <laughs> like, just, yeah, exactly. Just give give him yeah. whatever. Give him whatever he gets. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody have him beaten the Lakers? I know. I mean, they have to all be playing this well, and I, mm-hmm. I find that really hard for them to be doing that at the end of the season and for them to be doing it in a seven-game series. Davis misses three games in a seven-game series against the Jazz. Do you pick the Jazz? Yeah, for sure. I, I think I win those three, and then will yeah. they, and they can sneak one of the other ones out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I... I I think the Ryan Russillo recently said this on a podcast where like the Lakers are the only team in the league that deserve any bit of like benefit of doubt, right? Like the Lakers are the Lakers are like so talented and are so clearly the favorites that even though they're struggling right now without Davis, they still kind of have the benefit of the doubt that they're going to be be the best team at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, like I. <laughs> that's the one scenario where I don't know if I could give the Lakers the benefit of the doubt because if they don't have Davis for three games and they're matched up against, I mean, like the jazz, the jazz, regardless, like the jazz, probably going back to what we said before, they're not the Atlanta Hawks of 
the future basically or yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever, yeah. Whatever, like right like because they have a higher ceiling the hawks they have a higher cast. ceiling right yeah um and and their ceiling is definitely high enough to beat a davis list lakers team four out of seven games yeah do they beat the clippers i don't know what's up with the clippers i don't i think so i don't <laughs> i i think so too but i but I do sneakily think that this Clippers team could don't do it, Josh. Could be very different than last don't year. Do I'm, it, doing Josh. It. I'm doing it. I no. think there's a chance. Uh, oh, I think man. there's a chance. <laughs> I back. the one so before we started the pod, folks, Juan's mom, Darcy's mom, Josh's mom. Thanks for listening. Shout out. Um <laughs> I I feel like they don't they just don't have a point guard. They don't have somebody that they can rely on who isn't looking to score every opportunity they can, like Paul George and Kawhi should be, um, and, and, and Lou Williams and Marcus Morris and um, <laughs> Pat Bev. They, they don't have somebody, and Pat Bev can't handle the ball. He's like atrocious with the ball in his hands. He can't get somebody into the offense. He can barely get it up the court. You know, I hate to say it, but like if they had TJ McConnell, they'd be way better right now. Like I hate to say it, guys. <laughs> it tears my, you know, you know, it tears my TJ! heart. TJ. Uh, but like they need somebody to get them in their damn offense and like move the ball, right? Like they just they don't have that person, and I feel like that's gonna hurt them. Let alone they're not they're not big enough. Also, I I think Ibaka works for a small ball five, but against some of those bigs in the West, Jokic and Davis and Gobert, I think they're gonna run into problems. Yeah, and Kawhi's on one leg, so it's true. This is true. But I, I like I, just, I like you dying on the hill, man. Listen, listen, I'm I'm not I'm not trying to hedge at all here. Like I don't I don't think the Clippers are going to come out of the West. Like I don't think there is a chance of that. But I do think we can see a much different team in the playoffs, even if it doesn't yield a finals appearance. What do you? I still like. Uh, I don't mean to go too too far off book here. Still love the Suns, man. Still, I, think I still think they might be the second contenders. best team in this second best team in this conference. I that just wow behind the Lakers. And I don't mean to like poo-poo the Jazz by any means. I just, I guess I just don't believe it until I see it. <laughs> I think they they'll be a, I don't know, man. Like okay, right now they would play the the Blazers. Oh man, that would be such a sick series. That'd be such a good series. I, I love uh. both those teams. Love both those teams. That'd be fun. I'm into that matchup. They could lose to the Blazers. Sons, yeah, yeah exactly. I, no, they absolutely could. I, especially a full strength Blazers. But I but I also like the I probably like the Blazers more than I like the Jazz. Again, I think that's that's the, ludicrous, that's the but that's one of the biggest differences between the East and the West is that the West actually has some teams that are at the five, four, five, six seeds, like the Suns and the Blazers, mm-hmm. um, who who could like sneakily win a series and actually make a run, right? The East doesn't have that outside of the top four. Hell, two, maybe three. Like I, don't, I don't know, but like, outside, the the West is actually like a deep, yeah. a deep conference, and they actually have have teams that are capable of putting together some sort of championship run if everything falls in line. And that's yeah. what that's what the NBA is about. The NBA is about putting yourself in a position to succeed and knowing that you have to have things fall your way most of the time. Um, and yeah, the Suns could be that team. The the Blazers could be that team. Who knows? Who knows? You're an injury away. When I, I think yeah. in a lot of years out west, 
Although it was well, actually West was probably like that way. East, you're not an injury away. I feel like you're like two injuries away. <laughs> you know, from like one of those who are the top. So the Bucks, Sixers, Nets, Bucks. I think Pacers. Is Pacers the next team? That's a different yeah. tier. So, it is, exactly. I was high on the Pacers, but then once whenever they got rid of Oladipo, man, it completely changed their team. So I think the Bucks are a different tier as well. I think the Bucks are not even close lower. to Philly or the Nets. I, I would still just chalk it up to – I mean, they, they just had a really bad run where they lost five in a row. I would still chalk it up to they're just trying to not be the Bucks of last year. And but they're I, doing they the exact same win. things. Exactly. In trying, <laughs> in trying, in trying not they to be reverted the same back. Bucks, they've reverted they in back. A circle. <laughs> and, and, like, Holiday's out for those past – you know, I don't know how many games. I think probably all five of those. Like, So they're missing something, of course, but, like, they're doing the exact same stuff that they were doing before. And it's it, – that's disappointing and really frustrating. It's all Coach Fair Bud. Enough. It's all is Coach Bud going to get fired if this team doesn't make it out of the East? I think he should. I think he, I wouldn't be. I'm already in the Bud should be fired camp because I'm already assuming that he's going to do the same exact things in the playoffs and that they're just going to lose in the second. Think, uh, hell, maybe yeah. even the first round, depending on who they draw. I don't and I know. think I do think he's a good coach, so I'm not. Definitely not trying to like just shoot him down the fucking barrel here and just like get rid of him for the sake of getting rid of him. But like the way he uses Giannis is just so different than I think he should be used. You know, like he shouldn't be like handling the ball at the top of the key ever. Shouldn't be the person you throw the. We've talked about this before. They need to run the offense through Holiday and Middleton on the wing and let Giannis play on that weak side in the paint. And yeah. just crush down Money. there where he is actually in like Giannis, Giannis is an unstoppable player when he is on that spot in the court. Like or give it to him on the like, block. Like give it like, yeah, but like, like like pass to him on the block into your offense and let him make the right play then. Like if you don't want to like run it through Middleton or Holiday first. But damn. I think he needs to learn though. I think you would take a lot of L's doing that, but I think it'd be worth it in the long run. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, he's like Zion, right? Like, of course, when he gets ahead of steam, he's like a fucking beast. Um, and then, but when he's on the block, it's just like a different, different player, man. Yeah. So strong. Are you trying to say that the Bucks should get Jason Kidd again? <laughs> no, Jason Kidd was trying to make about point guard. Well, Jason, I mean, again, which I think is different than Giannis. A point guard is different than Giannis taking the last shot from 18 feet. Yes. So, and that's like what. They're, they like run they're their both, offense to do. They're both the wrong styles for Giannis. Like yeah. neither is correct. And yeah, and that's okay. He's coaches have been he's, trying to do the wrong thing. Yeah, he's not Ben Simmons passing. Like that, that's not his thing, right? Like that's Simmons thing. So I, but like if he was, then that would make sense for him to be the point guard. But like I think put him on the block, man. He's so fucking strong down there. What a bully, folks. Can we can we yeah. quickly talk about the uh, the kind of middling what sixth through maybe 11th seed in the east so we've got the boston celtics that are 15 and 15 in sixth place the knicks are 15 and 16 in seventh then you get the bulls in eighth the hornets in ninth the heat in 10th the hawks in 11th and there's basically only two games separating all those teams um such a such a small spread obviously like two of these teams have to make it and <laughs> i mean that <laughs> screw me for saying that just now but um <laughs> but who's going to come out of the spot 
I mean, I think the Celtics have to be a lock, even though they've been mediocre this year to, to make the playoffs. But when you think about the Knicks, the Bulls, the Hornets, the Heat, the, the Hawks, hell, even maybe the Wizards, if I can add that in, who are a couple games further down in the standings. Make the case, Josh. Make the Wizards case. Do it. I'm going to do this. So I'm going to – I'm only going to give one point here. Um, the the, the <laughs> – what the um, – what's the rookie that the Wizards have? Denny Avija? That's his name, yeah. Denny yeah. Avija, right? He's been – he's been taking I hope you said ball. that wrong. I hope you said that wrong. I don't know if you did, but <laughs> – Den- Denny Avija has been talking about Russell Westbrook's impact as a veteran, okay? And Avija has been saying that, like, Westbrook has drastically... You're wrong. That's, like, the Am classic... I, that's the classic bet. <laughs> that's some bullshit right there. No, listen. Sorry. This is... I have to stop this right now. <laughs> oh, so oh, oh, oh. It says... Nice. Yeah, say you it. pronounce it. Denny, you got that right. But the last name is Evdia. Damn, way off, Josh. Way off, wow. Josh. Might as well say At least Giannis. I'm not saying Giannis. At least I'm not saying ah, Giannis. That's probably just as bad. It's not just as bad. Giannis... Darcy, you were calling Giannis Giannis after you won the MVP. <laughs> <laughs> All right. After this guy gets rookie of the year, I can't even say his name. I'm not even going to bother trying. But uh, after this guy gets rookie of the year, it's up there. Right behind it. My only Wizards take <laughs> to make is just that. Nader should be heard, an all-star. I've heard stories about <laughs> Westbrook. I've heard stories about Westbrook really talking up these young rotation players this is espn josh come on man hey 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 i'm a wizards fan you wanted this take so you're getting it yeah you did say he he got to make the case (laughs) i still believe that bradley beal and russell westbrook even if even if westbrook is like marginally as good as like when he won the mvp when he shouldn't have um those two guys should equal a playoff berth alone I still, I'm going to die on that hill. And if, if the young rotation guys on the wing and down low for the Wizards can get bolstered by the presence of Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal to the point where they can actually confidently just take shots and be role players, then I have faith that this team can string together enough wins to make the play-in game and will themselves to win in the play-in game and get to the playoffs. I like the you case know, for the playing game. Okay, so obviously, you know, they'd be a lot better with Bryant, you know, healthy. But, man, this team is not deep at all. Like, I didn't realize how much they sucked. <laughs> they they could be – they could easily be deeper. Like, they could – if if Trey Brown Jr. kind of, like, gets something under his wings, if, if – if, Listen to if what you're Eddie... saying, man. Listen to what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, NATO I'm and a Wizards Duke fan. And I know you what are, I'm you saying. Yeah, you're right, you're right. <laughs> Like, this is the only team in the league that I'm allowed to have this sentiment towards, and I really think there there are ways that that this team can kind of come together and make a playoff run. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I believe. I believe. They could definitely make the 10 seed, so and at that point, they have Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook. They could win two games in a row. Yeah, that's yeah. my case. Which, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm here for that. What do you think, Juan? Just based on the fact that the teams that they'll be playing are the other East teams in the same situation. <laughs> yeah. Though well, they can string together a few wins. So let's let's look here. We got um 
let's say they they're going to top the Magic. I think the Magic are going are gonna to be some sellers here. I like the Wizards more than I like the Hawks, although I like the Hawks roster way more. I just don't think you can count on them to be anything but be at below 500. Um, they're not as good as the Heat. I think the Heat are going to make it. I think the Hornets are going to make it. Actually, you know what? I think the I think the Wizards are looking in because I like the Hornets, Bulls, and Knicks more than I like the Wizards. I think they if they make it, it'll be as the 10. Hindsight's 2020, obviously, but yeah, look knowing what this looks like with Westbrook and Beal, because I thought it was gonna be fun and like competitive. It's like, oh, okay, well, we should have just ran it back with Wall and Beal and you know, had the nostalgia and probably been just as good, if not better. Yeah. I agree. I completely agree. But all I can say is like the Wizards are having fun playing basketball again. So as they keep having more fun on the court, just watch out and watch for them to make a little run like they already started to do. And I know that's, 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 that's the lamest basketball like take you can make is just like, Oh, these guys look like they're having fun and are going to play together. Well, but that's real, man, but it's real. And, and that's where they're at. And that's, that's, they're going to keep going that direction too. Well, after my impassioned plea to, to will the wizards in the playoff contention, um, I am personally way too tired to keep going on. So we got to sign off now because that's just the life of a Wizards fan. It's tiring. It's exhausting. Um, it's, Westbrook it's to Spurs? Hard. Westbrook to Spurs for DeRozan? What? Straight <laughs> up. Westbrook for Aldridge and two picks? A pick. <laughs> I'll take Westbrook for Aldridge and a pick. No, no, you wouldn't. Hey, man. But not. Chip England will fix that shot. <laughs> we are signing <laughs> off for the night on that note and we will be back next week to kind of discuss the end of the quote first half of the season even though we're not halfway there but the all-star break is happening so there's going to be lots of trade talks going on the trade line is still quickly approaching so tune in next week to kind of hear on thought hear our thoughts on on what's coming next in the next phase of the NBA. <laughs> oh, I'm Josh Kane for Darcy, for Juan. We are last guys off the bench. Peace out. Peace. <laughs> Scoop. You good? Oh, shit. That was good. <laughs>